1: I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast, where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns,
0: so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. Hello, everyone. I'm Patrick Beeman, founder and host of the Inside the Boards podcast. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast. I'm here with a question for today, thanks to Elsevier's Clinical Key. A 24-year-old female presents to her primary care physician for a health maintenance examination. She has no medical history, takes no medications, has regular and normal menstrual cycles, and her family and social histories are unremarkable. Vital signs are within normal limits. Her physical exam is notable for facial and conjunctival pallor. A complete blood count is notable for a low hemoglobin of 8.5 and a mean corpuscular volume of 60. Remember, normals 80 to 100. Which of the following is the most appropriate initial treatment for this patient? Is it A, cobalamin supplementation, B, folate supplementation, C iron supplementation, or D, phlebotomy? The correct answer here is C, iron supplementation. Anemia is treated according to its suspected cause. Microcytic anemias have a mean corpuscular volume, or MCV, that's less than 80. Iron deficiency anemia is microcytic and hypochromic. It's reasonable to initiate a trial of iron supplementation and follow up blood counts in about three weeks before considering other causes such as thalassemia or anemia of chronic disease. To look at the other answer choices, A was cobalamin supplementation. So vitamin B12 or cobalamin deficiency causes a macrocytic anemia and can present with signs that are neurologic in nature like motor weakness, paresthesias or subacute combined degeneration of the spinal cord. B was folate supplementation. So folate deficiency causes a macrocytic anemia as well, and women with folate deficiency who become pregnant have an increased risk of having a baby with neural tube defects. Choice D was phlebotomy. So phlebotomy would worsen iron deficiency anemia, but phlebotomy can be used to deplete red cell mass in polycythemia and total body iron in hereditary hemochromatosis. Bottom line for this one, anemia is classified into microcytic, normocytic, and macrocytic versions. Among the microcytic anemias, the most common causes are iron deficiency, thalassemia, and anemia of chronic disease. In patients without an obvious cause of anemia, a therapeutic trial of iron can be given to see if the patient responds. And now, let's return to the Step 2 Secrets podcast.
1: This is Ted O'Connell, and this is the hematology chapter of USMLE Step 2 Secrets 5th edition. Question 1. Define anemia hemoglobin less than 12 mg per deciliter in women or less than 14 mg per deciliter in men question 2 what are the signs and symptoms of anemia signs include tachycardia pallor systolic ejection murmurs from high flow and signs of the underlying cause such as jaundice and or pigment gallstones in hemolytic anemia positive stool guaiac with gi bleed Symptoms include fatigue, dyspnea on exertion, lightheadedness, dizziness, syncope, palpitations, angina, and claudication. Question 3. What are the important elements of the history when anemia is present? Important points include medications, blood loss such as trauma, surgery, melana, hematemesis, or menorrhagia, chronic diseases for anemia of chronic disease, a family history such as hemophilia, thalassemia, sickle cell disease, or glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, and alcoholism, which may lead to iron, folate, and B12 deficiencies as well as GI bleeds. Question 4. What medications can cause anemia? How? Many medications can cause anemia through various mechanisms. Methyldopa, penicillins, and sulfa drugs can cause red blood cell antibodies with subsequent hemolysis. Chloroquine and sulfa drugs cause hemolysis in patients with G6PD deficiency. Phenytoin causes megaloblastic anemia through interference with folate metabolism. And chloramphenicol, cancer drugs, and zidovudine cause aplastic anemia and bone marrow suppression. Other drugs are also implicated but this list should get you through the USMLE exam. Question 5. What tests should be ordered first to help determine the cause of anemia? The complete blood count with red blood cell indices. The hemoglobin must be below normal to diagnose anemia. The mean corpuscular volume, MCV, tells you whether the anemia is microcytic, an MCV less than 80, normocytic, an MCV of 80 to 100, or macrocytic an MCV greater than 100. Question six, what tests should be ordered next? The peripheral blood smear. There are many classic findings that can help make the diagnosis. And for each of these in the book, there are images. This chapter is pretty image dense, and I just can't represent that adequately by podcast. So please refer to the text. But the following classic findings, sickled cells in sickle cell disease, hypersegmented neutrophils in folate and B12 deficiency, hypochromic and microcytic red blood cells in iron deficiency, basophilic stippling in lead poisoning, Heinz bodies in G6PD deficiency, bite cells classically in G6PD deficiency and other hemolytic anemias, jolly bodies in asplenia, teardrop-shaped RBCs in myelofibrosis, schistocytes, helmet cells, and fragmented RBCs in intravascular hemolysis, spherocytes and elliptocytes in hereditary spherocytosis and elliptocytosis, acanthocytes and spur cells in A-beta lipoproteinemia, target cells in thalassemia or liver disease, echinocytes, including burr cells and acanthocytes in uremia, polychromasia, from reticulocytosis, this should alert you to the possibility of hemolysis, Rouleau formation in multiple myeloma, parasites inside red blood cells in malaria or babesiosis, iron inclusions in red blood cells of the bone marrow in sideroblastic anemia. Question 7. What are reticulocytes? Why is a reticulocyte count routinely ordered in an anemia workup? Reticulocytes are immature red blood cells. If their count is abnormally decreased in the setting of anemia, the marrow is not responding properly and is the problem. A high reticulocyte count should make you think of hemolysis or blood loss as the cause. The marrow is responding properly and is not the problem. Question 8. Which test comes next? At this point, it depends. If you have a complete history and results of the other three tests, CBC with red blood cell indices, peripheral smear, and reticulocyte count. Most possibilities will be eliminated, and you can order a confirmatory test. If the answer is still not clear, consider a bone marrow biopsy. For the Step 2 exam, biopsy is unlikely to be necessary unless malignancy is the cause of the anemia. Question 9. What are the classic causes of microcytic, normocytic, and macrocytic anemia? Which of these tends to have an inappropriately low reticulocyte count? Microcytic, with normal or elevated reticulocyte count, includes thalassemia and hemoglobinopathy, such as sickle cell disease. Microcytic, with a low reticulocyte count, includes lead poisoning, sideroblastic anemia, anemia of chronic disease of some types, and iron deficiency. Normocytic anemia with a normal or elevated reticulocyte count includes blood loss, hemolysis, and medications when there are antibodies associated. Normocytic anemia with a low reticulocyte count, cancer or dysplasia, such as myelophysic anemia and acute leukemia, some cases of anemia of chronic disease, aplastic anemia and medications causing bone marrow suppression, Endocrine failure from the thyroid or pituitary, or renal failure. And in macrocytic anemia, all types have a low reticulocyte count. Causes include folate deficiency, vitamin B12 deficiency, medications such as methotrexate and phenytoin, alcohol abuse because it interferes with folate use, and cirrhosis and liver disease. Question 10 What clues point to hemolysis as the cause for anemia? elevated lactate dehydrogenase, or LDH, elevated bilirubin, unconjugated as well as conjugated if the liver is functioning, jaundice, low or absent haptoglobin in intravascular hemolysis only, urobilinogen, bilirubin, and hemoglobin in the urine. Only conjugated bilirubin shows up in the urine, and hemoglobin shows up in the urine only when haptoglobin has been saturated as in brisk intravascular hemolysis, and pigmented gallstones or a history of cholecystectomy, usually at a young age. Question 11. What is the most common cause of anemia in the United States? Iron deficiency anemia. Question 12. Why do people get iron deficiency anemia? Iron deficiency is common in women of reproductive age because of menstrual blood loss. In all patients over age 40, Men and especially postmenopausal women, it is important to rule out colon cancer as a cause of chronic asymptomatic blood loss. Increased requirements may also lead to iron deficiency in children and pregnant or breastfeeding women. Give iron containing formula or iron supplements to all infants except full term infants who are exclusively breastfed. Start iron supplementation, such as iron fortified cereal or a daily iron supplement at four to six months for full-term infants, and at two months for preterm infants. Giving cow's milk before one year of age may lead to anemia by causing GI bleeding, so avoidance of cow's milk in the first year is essential. Iron supplements are also commonly given during pregnancy and lactation because of the increased demand. Question 13. What are the classic laboratory abnormalities in iron deficiency anemia? What weird cravings may occur with iron deficiency? Look for low iron and low ferritin levels, elevated TIBC and low TIBC saturation. Rare patients may develop a craving for ice or dirt called PICA. Question 14, what is Plummer-Vinson syndrome? A triad of unknown etiology, esophageal web resulting in dysphagia, iron deficiency anemia, And glossitis. Question 15 How is iron deficiency treated? First, you must determine the cause. In a menstruating woman, a presumptive diagnosis of menstrual blood loss is often made. In patients over 40 years, be sure to test the stool for occult blood and strongly consider colonoscopy to detect occult colon cancer. Postmenopausal vaginal bleeding may also cause anemia and warrant screening for gynecologic cancer. Treat with iron supplements for three to six months in uncomplicated cases to replete body iron stores. Question 16. What causes folate deficiency? In what populations is it commonly seen? Folate deficiency is commonly seen in alcoholics from poor intake and pregnant women from increased need. All women of reproductive age should take folate supplements, ideally before pregnancy occurs, To prevent neural tube defects in their offspring, rare causes of folate deficiency include poor diet, for example, tea and toast diet, methotrexate, prolonged therapy with trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, anticonvulsant therapy, especially phenytoin, and malabsorption. Look for macrocytes and hypersegmented neutrophils with no neurologic signs or symptoms and low folate levels in serum or red blood cells treat with oral folate. Question 17. What is the most common cause of vitamin B12 deficiency? Pernicious anemia. This megaloblastic anemia is caused by antiparietal cell antibodies. Remember the physiology of B12 absorption with intrinsic factor secretion by parietal cells and absorption of the B12 intrinsic factor complex in the ileum. A-chlorhydria, no stomach acid secretion, and elevated stomach pH, and antibodies to parietal cells are generally present in pernicious anemia. Question 18. What else may cause vitamin B12 deficiency? How is B12 deficiency diagnosed? Gastrectomy, terminal ileum resection or disease such as Crohn's disease, strict vegan diet, chronic pancreatitis, and the infamous diphyllobothrium latum fish tapeworm infection. The peripheral smear looks the same as in folate deficiency, with macrocytes, hypersegmented neutrophils, but patients have neurologic deficiencies, such as loss of sensation and position sense, paresthesias, ataxia, spasticity, hyperreflexia, positive Babinski sign, and dementia diagnosis is clinched by a low serum B12 level. The presence of anti-intrinsic factor antibodies is highly confirmatory for pernicious anemia. The Schilling test is of historical interest but is no longer commonly employed in the diagnosis of B12 deficiency. Question 19. How is vitamin B12 deficiency treated? Vitamin B12 supplements are given. The usual replacement is via parenteral intramuscular injection, or high-dose oral replacement. Because of the potential for erratic absorption, oral replacement may be best utilized after levels have been normalized via the parenteral route. Supplementation may be required for life. Question 20. How is thalassemia differentiated from iron deficiency? Both cause microcytic, hypochromic anemia but thalassemia must be differentiated from iron deficiency because iron levels are normal in thalassemia. Iron supplementation is contraindicated in patients with thalassemia because it may cause iron overload. Look for elevations in hemoglobin A2 or hemoglobin F, beta thalassemia only, target cells, nucleated red blood cells, and diffuse basophilia on peripheral smears a skull radiograph with a crew-cut appearance, an extramedullary hematopoiesis, splenomegaly, and a positive family history. Thalassemia is more common in Blacks, Mediterraneans, and Asians. Question 21. What diagnostic test confirms a diagnosis of thalassemia? How is it treated? Diagnosis is made by hemoglobin electrophoresis. There are four gene loci for the alpha chains of hemoglobin, but only two for the beta chain. Patients with four affected loci die in utero from hydrops fetalis, while patients with three affected loci are symptomatic at birth or early childhood. Patients with beta thalassemia are not symptomatic until six months of age. No treatment is required for minor thalassemia. Patients are often asymptomatic because they are used to living with a lower level of hemoglobin. Thalassemia major is more dramatic and severe. Treat with transfusions as needed and iron chelation therapy to prevent secondary hemochromatosis. Question 22. What two clues on the Step 2 exam often point to a diagnosis of sickle cell disease? Peripheral smear and race. 8% of African Americans are heterozygous for sickle cell trait. Know what sickled cells, red blood cells look like. Patients usually have a high percentage of reticulocytes in the 8 to 20% range. Question 23. What are the clinical manifestations and complications of sickle cell disease? Aplastic crisis due to parvovirus B19 infection. Bone pain due to infarcts. The classic example is avascular necrosis of the femoral head, dactylitis, also known as hand-foot syndrome, seen in children, renal papillary necrosis, splenic sequestration crisis, autosplenectomy, there are increased infections with encapsulated bugs such as pneumococcus, haemophilus, and Neisseria species, acute chest syndrome, which can mimic pneumonia, pigment cholelithiasis, priapism and stroke question 24 how is sickle cell disease diagnosed and treated diagnosis is made by hemoglobin electrophoresis screening is done at birth but symptoms usually do not appear until around 6 months of age because of the lack of adult hemoglobin production treat with prophylactic penicillin until at least 5 years of age and perhaps longer beginning as soon as the diagnosis is made Proper vaccination includes the pneumococcal, meningococcal, and H-influenza vaccines. They're given to all children anyway, as well as yearly influenza vaccination. Other strategies include folate supplementation, early treatment of infections, and proper hydration. A sickle cell crisis involves severe pain in various sites due to red blood cell sickling. Treat with oxygen, lots of IV fluids, and analgesics. Consider transfusions if symptoms and or findings are severe. Question 25. What findings help you in the setting of acute blood loss as a cause of anemia? The important point is that immediately after loss, the hemoglobin may be normal. It takes at least three to four hours, often more, for re-equilibration. Look for obvious bleeding, pale, cold skin, tachycardia, Often the first sign of acute anemia, and hypotension, a sign of hypovolemic shock. Transfuse if needed, even with a normal hemoglobin in the acute setting. Consider internal hemorrhage in the setting of trauma and abdominal aortic aneurysm in patients with a pulsatile abdominal mass. Question 26 What are the commonly tested causes of autoimmune hemolytic anemia? Lupus erythematosus or medications that cause lupus-like syndromes such as procainamide, hydralazine, and isoniazid, and other autoimmune disorders. Drugs. The classic example is methyl dopa, but penicillins, cephalosporins, sulfa drugs, and quinidine also have been implicated. Leukemia or lymphoma. An infection. The classic examples are mycoplasmosis, Epstein-Barr virus, and syphilis. Question 27. What lab test is often positive in patients with autoimmune anemia? The Coombs test is positive in most autoimmune anemias. You may also see spherocytes on peripheral smear because of incomplete macrophage destruction, extravascular hemolysis of red blood cells. Question 28. What clues point to lead poisoning as a cause of anemia? Lead poisoning causes a hypochromic, microcytic anemia, almost always in a child. With acute lead poisoning, look for vomiting, ataxia, colicky abdominal pain, irritability such as aggressive behavior or behavioral regression, and encephalopathy, cerebral edema, or seizures. Usually, however, poisoning is chronic and low-level with minimal, nonspecific symptoms. Watch for basophilic stippling on peripheral smear, elevated free erythrocyte protoporphyrin or lead level, and consider risk factors for lead exposure, such as a child who eats paint chips or lives in an old, run-down building. Question 29. True or false? Children with risk factors should be screened for lead poisoning. True. Screening all asymptomatic children with a serum lead level at 1 and 2 years old, regardless of risk, is becoming controversial. However, in children with risk factors, screening is very important because chronic low-level exposure may lead to permanent neurologic sequelae. Screening should start at 6 months in children with risk factors such as PICA, especially paint chips and dust in old buildings that may have lead paint, residents in an old or neglected building, and or residents near or with family members who work at a lead smelting or battery recycling plant. Screen and measure symptomatic exposure with serum lead levels. Normal value is less than 10 micrograms per deciliter. Question 30, how is lead poisoning treated? Treat initially with decreased exposure, which is the best strategy, as well as lead chelation therapy, if needed. Use succimer in children and dimercaprol in adults. In severe cases, use dimercaprol plus ethylenediamine tetraacetic acid, EDTA, for children or adults. Question 31. How can sideroblastic anemia be recognized on the Step 2 exam? Should the presence of sideroblastic anemia raise concern about other conditions? The typical description is a microcytic, hypochromic anemia with increased or normal iron, ferritin, and TIBC. This description should immediately steer you away from iron deficiency. Look for polychromatophilic stippling and the classic ringed sideroblast in the bone marrow. Know what it looks like. Sideroblastic anemia may be related to myelodysplasia or future blood dyscrasia. Although you will probably not be asked about management, treatment is supportive. In rare cases, the anemia responds to pyridoxine. Do not give iron. Question 32. How do you recognize anemia of chronic disease? First, look for the presence of a disease that causes chronic inflammation, such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, cancer, or tuberculosis. The anemia is either normocytic or microcytic. Serum iron is low, but so is TIBC. Thus, the percent saturation may be near normal. Serum ferritin is elevated because ferritin is an acute phase reactant, so the level should be increased. Treat the underlying disorder to correct the anemia. Do not give iron. Question 33. Describe the hallmarks of spherocytosis. This normochromic normocytic anemia associated with spherocytes on peripheral smear, positive family history, splenomegaly, a positive osmotic fragility test, and an increased mean corpuscular hemoglobin concentration, the only occasion on which this red blood cell index is useful for the step two exam. Treatment often involves splenectomy. Spherocytes may also be seen in extravascular hemolysis, but the osmotic fragility test is normal. Question 34. Why do chronic renal disease patients develop anemia? How do you treat it? All patients with chronic renal failure develop a normocytic, normochromic anemia with decreased reticulocyte count due to decreased erythropoietin production. If necessary, give erythropoietin to correct the anemia. Question 35 What clues point to a diagnosis of aplastic anemia? Although aplastic anemia may be idiopathic, on the step 2 exam, watch for chemotherapy, radiation, malignancy affecting the bone marrow, especially leukemias, benzene, and implicated medications such as chloramphenicol, carbamazepine, sulfa drugs. Zidovudine and gold. Decreased white blood cells and platelets accompany the anemia. Treat first by stopping any possible causative medication. Then try anti-thymocyte globulin, colony stimulating factors such as erythropoietin, sargramostim, filgrastim, pegfilgrastim, or a bone marrow transplant. Question 36. Define myelophysic anemia. What clues on the peripheral smear suggest its presence? Myelophysic anemia is due to a space-occupying lesion in the bone marrow. The common causes are malignant invasion that destroys bone marrow, the most common, and myelodysplasia or myelofibrosis. On the peripheral smear, look for marked anisocytosis, different size, poikilocytosis, different shape, nucleated red blood cells giant and or bizarre looking platelets and teardrop shaped red blood cells a bone marrow biopsy may reveal no cells a dry tap if the marrow is fibrotic or malignant looking cells how do you recognize g6pd deficiency on the usmle this genetic disorder is x-linked recessive affecting males it is most common in Blacks and Mediterraneans. Look for sudden hemolysis or anemia after exposure to fava beans or certain drugs, such as antimalarials, salicylates, and sulfa drugs, or after an infection. You may see Heinz bodies and certain bite cells on peripheral smear. The diagnosis is made with a red blood cell enzyme assay, which should not be done immediately after hemolysis because of the potential for a false negative result. All of the older red blood cells already have been destroyed, and the younger red blood cells are not affected in most patients. Treat with avoidance of precipitating foods and medications. Discontinue the triggering medication first. Question 38. Name some other causes of anemia. Endocrine failure, especially pituitary and thyroid. Look for endocrine symptoms. Mechanical heart valves cause hemolyzed red blood cells. Disseminated intravascular coagulation, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, and hemolytic uremic syndrome. Look for schistocytes and red blood cell fragments on smear and other appropriate findings. Other hemoglobinopathies, the hemoglobin C and E varieties are fairly common. Paroxysmal, nocturnal, or cold hemoglobinuria. Clostridium perfringens infection, malaria, and babesiosis—they cause intravascular hemolysis and fever—and hypersplenism, associated with splenomegaly and often with low platelets and white blood cells. Question 39. When is a transfusion indicated for anemia? At what hemoglobin level? Always transfuse on clinical grounds. Observe the symptoms. In other words, treat the patient, not the lab value. There is no such thing as a trigger value for transfusion. Having said this, hemoglobin levels less than 7 or 8 grams per deciliter in the acute setting may make most clinicians nervous, particularly if the patient has heart disease. Question 40 What are the indications for the use of various blood products? Whole blood used only for rapid, massive blood loss or exchange transfusions in the setting of poisoning or thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Packed red blood cells are used for routine transfusions. Washed red blood cells are free of traces of plasma, white cells, and platelets. It's good for IgA deficiency as well as allergic or previously sensitized patients. Platelets are given for symptomatic thrombocytopenia, usually at less than 10,000 per microliter. Granulocytes are used on rare occasions for neutropenia. Fresh frozen plasma, or FFP, contains all clotting factors. It's used for bleeding diatheses when you cannot wait for vitamin K to take effect, such as disseminated intravascular coagulation or severe warfarin poisoning or when vitamin K will not work, such as the setting of liver failure. Cryoprecipitate. It contains fibrinogen and factor VIII. It's used in hemophilia, von Willebrand disease, and disseminated intravascular coagulation. Question 41. What is the most common cause of a blood transfusion reaction? What blood type can be given in an emergency to avoid a reaction? The most common cause of a blood transfusion reaction is lab error. Type O- negative blood can be used to avoid a reaction when you cannot wait for blood typing or when the blood bank does not have the patient's blood type. Question 42. Describe the signs and symptoms of a blood transfusion reaction. Look for a febrile reaction, such as chills, fever, headache, and back pain from antibodies to white blood cells. A hemolytic reaction, such as anxiety or discomfort, dyspnea, chest pain, shock, or jaundice from antibodies to red blood cells, or an allergic reaction, such as urticaria, edema, dizziness, dyspnea, wheezing, and anaphylaxis, to an unknown component in donor serum. Oliguria may be an associated finding. Question 43. What should you do if you suspect a transfusion reaction? The first step is to stop the transfusion. If oliguria is present, treat with intravenous fluids and diuresis, such as mannitol or furosemide. Question 44. What are the other risks of transfusion? There is a small but real risk of infection, usually viral infections such as hepatitis B and C and HIV and cytomegalovirus. Development of non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema, which is a transfusion-related acute lung injury, and hyperkalemia from hemolysis. With large transfusions, greater than 5 units of packed red blood cells, bleeding diathesis may result from dilutional thrombocytopenia and citrate, a blood preservative and calcium chelator that prevents clotting. Look for oozing from puncture or IV sites. With massive transfusion, there is a possibility of developing hypocalcemia due to citrate preservative binding to calcium. Question 45. What are the most common causes of DIC? The most common cause is pregnancy and obstetric complications, representing roughly 50% of cases, followed by malignancy, sepsis, and trauma, especially head trauma, prostate surgery, and snake bites. Question 46. How do I recognize and treat DIC in a classic at-risk patient? DIC usually manifests with bleeding diathesis, but may have thrombotic tendencies. Look for the classic oozing or bleeding from puncture and IV sites, prolonged prothrombin time, partial thromboplastin time, and bleeding time. DIC is the only disorder on the Step 2 exam that prolongs all three tests. Other clues include positive D-dimer, increased fibrin degradation products, thrombocytopenia, decreased fibrin, and decreased clotting factors, including factor eight. Treat the underlying cause. For example, evacuate the uterus or give antibiotics. You may need to give transfusions with fresh frozen plasma or, in rare cases, Heparin, but only if thrombosis occurs. Question 37 With what conditions is eosinophilia associated? Allergic or atopic diseases, such as allergic rhinitis, asthma, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, eczema, urticaria, atopic dermatitis, milk protein allergy, and drug reactions, parasitic infections fungal infections, HIV infection, malignancy such as lymphoma, leukemia, lung cancer, gastric cancer, pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, and ovarian cancer, connective tissue and autoimmune diseases such as Churg-Strauss vasculitis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, scleroderma, eosinophilic fasciitis, Dressler syndrome, and inflammatory bowel disease, granulomatous disorders such as sarcoidosis, skin disorders such as psoriasis and pemphigus, immune disorders such as Wiskott-Aldrich syndrome, hyper-IGE syndrome, IgA deficiency, and thymoma, adrenal insufficiency, pulmonary eosinophilia, also called Löffler syndrome, cirrhosis, atheroembolic disease familial eosinophilia, and eosinophilial myalgia syndrome from using L-tryptophan. Question 48. With what conditions is basophilia associated? Allergies or neoplasms and blood dyscrasias? Question 49. True or false, the lupus anticoagulant causes a clotting tendency? True. Although the lupus anticoagulant may cause a prolonged PTT, the patient has a tendency toward thrombosis. Look for associated lupus symptoms, positive results on the VDRL or RPR test for syphilis, or a history of miscarriages to help you recognize this condition. Question 50. What genetic or acquired causes of an increased tendency toward clot forming may appear on the step 2 exam the list keeps growing watch for factor 5 leiden mutation or activated protein c resistance prothrombin g20210a mutation hyperhomocysteinemia elevated factor 8 level deficiencies in protein c protein s or anti-thrombin 3 as genetic causes of an increased tendency toward thrombosis. Acquired causes include antiphospholipid syndrome, lupus anticoagulant or anticardiolipin antibody, hyperhomocysteinemia, pregnancy, cancer, and estrogen-containing medications. Note that hyperhomocysteinemia can be genetic or acquired. All are treated with anticoagulant therapy to prevent DVT and pulmonary embolus. Suspect these conditions if a patient develops recurrent clots or develops a clot in the absence of risk factors for clot development. Question 51. Which clotting tests measure which portions of the coagulation cascade? Which medications affect these tests? The PT, or prothrombin time, measures the function of the extrinsic clotting pathway and is prolonged by warfarin. The activated PTT, partial thromboplastin time, measures the function of the intrinsic clotting pathway and is prolonged by heparin. And the bleeding time measures platelet function and is prolonged by aspirin. Question 52. How do specific diseases affect clotting tests? What are the main differential points? Von Willebrand disease has a normal PT, high PTT, high bleeding time, normal platelet count, and normal red blood cell count. Hemophilia A and B have a normal PT, high PTT, normal bleeding time, normal platelet count, and normal RBC count. DIC has a high PT, high PTT, high bleeding time, low platelet count, and a normal or low RBC count. Liver failure has a high PT and PTT, normal bleeding time, normal or low platelet count, and normal or low RBC count. Heparin has a normal PT, high PTT, normal bleeding time, normal or low platelet count, and normal RBC count. Warfarin causes a high PT and normal PTT, bleeding time, platelet count, and RBC count. ITP causes a normal PT and PTT, a high bleeding time, low platelet count, and normal RBC count. Thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP, causes normal PT and PTT, high bleeding time, low platelet count, and low RBC count. Scurvy results in a normal PT, PTT, bleeding time, platelet count, and RBC count. Question 53. What are the common causes of thrombocytopenia? What kinds of bleeding problems are caused by low platelet counts? Common causes of thrombocytopenia include purpura, idiopathic or thrombotic, hemolytic uremic syndrome, DIC, HIV, splenic sequestration, heparin, including heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, which is treated by first stopping heparin, other medications, especially quinidine and sulfa drugs, autoimmune disease, and alcohol. Bleeding from thrombocytopenia is in the form of petechiae, nosebleeds, and easy bruising. Question 54. What causes petechiae, or platelet-type bleeding, in the setting of normal platelets? Vitamin C deficiency, or scurvy, causes bleeding similar to that seen with low platelets, splinter and gum hemorrhages, and petechiae. Perifollicular and subperiosteal hemorrhages are unique to scurvy. Patients have a poor dietary history. The classic example is hot dogs and soda or tea and toast myalgias and arthralgias, and capillary fragility. Bleeding is due to collagen problems in the vessels. Treat with oral vitamin C. Other causes include uremia, that results in platelet dysfunction, inherited connective tissue disorders, such as Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and Marfan syndrome, and chronic corticosteroid use, which causes capillary fragility. That's the end of this chapter. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, my publishing company behind USMLE Step 2 Secrets, for allowing us to put out this book in audio format. Please check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at InsideTheBoards.com, including the main Inside the Boards podcast and the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series for question breakdowns and tips on getting through medical school. And with that, we wrap up today's episode of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3, we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast. So I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available. And even if you're studying for Step 2, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies. So please do check it out.